Hello and welcome to another Innovation Forum podcast. My name is Toby Webb and I'm delighted that joining me in this podcast are Sarah Wakefield from WWF and Anna Terrell from Tesco. And we're here to talk about their innovation fund, which sounds very interesting. We hear a lot about companies and innovation funds over the last few years. This is a particularly interesting one because there's a call to action at the end and some practical outcomes which we're going to be discussing. So looking forward to hearing about it. Anna, let me turn to you first. Just tell us briefly who you are and why is Tesco wanting to work with WWF on this fund? Thanks, Toby. I head up the environment team at Tesco. We are very much focused on various different environmental sustainability agendas and ensuring the long-term sustainability of the products that we sell to our customers. What's really nice about this particular initiative is that it's really about how we can bring together the networks of our suppliers and supply chains to actually start to work together to tackle systemic issues within our agricultural supply chains, issues that are really knotty and that we all face in some form or another. The intention of the Innovation Fund, which is a collaboration with WWF through our partnership with the organization, is really designed to get innovative ideas, innovative thinkers and doers together to come up with solutions to some of these systemic agricultural challenges we face. Well, we'll get into some of the specifics of that in a minute. But Sarah, over to you for a bit of self-introduction and tell us why WWF wants to take part in something like this. I... I'm the head of feed transformation at WWF UK, and I lead our work into the feed industry in translating what, from a science and nature perspective, WWF thinks the feed industry needs to do to make sure we reverse the loss of nature. And as part of that, it's my real pleasure to work with Anna and the team at Tesco on the WWF partnership. And something we're really passionate about in the partnership is bringing some of the science that we know is out there to life in the supply chain so we can start to tackle the issues that are the ones that are hardest so we can really start driving the changes we want to see. Well, sticking with you for a moment, you've seen a fair few of these funds being launched. What I like about this one is you've got a really specific set of focuses or foci. So tell us a bit more about that. What are you trying to achieve in the next six to 12 months or so on this project? We have definitely been trying to take the learnings from many organisations, including our own, where we have been putting focuses into innovation. And we determined that having that very narrow look at some of the key issues in agriculture would probably get us to the outcomes we would want. So in this case, we're really looking and drilling down into emissions associated with animal feed and fertiliser. And that is because we know that some of the key hotspot areas for greenhouse gas emissions and some of the hardest to tackle are within agriculture. And I'm sure we all have heard about some of the really exciting technologies that are out there and available, but a lot of them haven't had the chance to be tested in a commercial setting. They've only been tested in that test environment. And so what we really want to do with this fund is give some of those existing innovators the chance not just to receive some financial support, but also the opportunity to work with Tesco's supply chain to see what happens in practice when we put those technologies to the test. And that's what we're really excited about. It's about how we can scale up some of those really exciting things that we hope are going to make a big difference in the fight against climate change. Anna, back to you. What benefits for Tesco's 
objectives, business strategy will focusing on these areas of animal feed and fertilizer bring? Clearly retailers are under pressure on soy and its role in animal feed, but what do you want this fund to deliver in terms of solving that problem and providing some opportunities? I think first and foremost, it's about proving that we can actually bring together innovators with suppliers in our supply chain to actually find new ways of working together to Sarah's point to address some of these issues and really test them in a real life situation and environment. And if we can do that and prove that, then we can actually look to scale it. And the challenge, as we know, is the scalability of the solutions that are coming into the market. Now, when you look at supply chains such as those of Tesco's, we have tens of thousands of farmers in our supply chain. We have thousands of suppliers globally. So to be able to test and learn and innovate together with the right partners and understand what works and what doesn't work and then take that learning and share it across those global supply chains with those suppliers and those farmers, actually what we can do is we can start to build up that knowledge across the network. And that's really important. And the other thing to say is back to the emissions focus, 90% of our total group emissions sit in scope three, of which a lot are agricultural based. And so by zoning in on very specific innovations within our agricultural supply chain, such as fertilizer, such as looking at alternative feed, then we can not only reduce our footprint, but again, share that learning with wider industry so that we can actually have a bit of a knock-on effect. So this is really about wanting to test, learn, innovate, and share that knowledge and learning with wider industry because the food industry at large, we know is such a major contributor, not only to emissions, but also the environmental impact it has. Yes, the stat you see bandied around a lot, particularly around COP, was sort of 30% when they bundled together agriculture and land use change and forests. I never quite understand why it all gets bundled together in quite that way, but nevertheless, the impact and the pressures are significant. Sarah, who are you looking for then to come to you and Tesco to take part in this? Organisations that have existing innovations, existing products, that are ready to go and ready to be tested within another supply chain. Organisations who have been working hard on finding solutions to the issues that we've laid out. If you have something but you want to see it tested on a bigger scale or in a different space, those are the kind of organisations we're really looking for. And of course, to any of Tesco's suppliers who might be listening to this podcast too, we ultimately want to match those innovators with members of Tesco's supply base. So that will be the second phase of what we are doing. If you are a supplier and you've got a really great idea that you've been sat on, but have been scratching your head about how to make it happen, this is a really good opportunity to come forward with that as well. We are really excited about who might be out there. What sort of expectations do you have of those who might come forward for this? Some of these startups are often a couple of people in a laptop. Some of them have gone and got millions in investment. What sort of stage do you want those coming forward to be at? It goes back to what Sarah was saying earlier. What we want is an oven-ready solution, so something that's ready for the market and that we can actually apply in practice within the supply chain. You could be a one-person band. You could be something considerably larger. We're really not looking at the size and the nature of the organization or the initiative. Rather, we're really focusing in on what is the solution and how can we actually run with it, test and learn within our supply chains. 
So we need something more than a concept, uh, something that can be put into action fairly quickly then. So Sarah, what are you looking for from those who are listening to this podcast who think, oh, actually, we might have a solution for that. What's the process for those listening who want to get involved? At the bottom of the podcast link, there will be a website link where you can go and find all the um, information about the innovation fund and the money available and the process. There'll also be an application process. So you'll be able to put some details about your organisation, about the solution. And then once we've got that, we're going to collate them all together. And we're going to go through a process of finding out if there is a Tesco supplier who would be ready to implement that innovation in their supply chain. So that's the kind of matchmaking process. But yeah, as a first step, click on the website and submit your application. There you have it, audience. If you know anyone or you're working in practical solutions for alternatives to animal feed or artificial fertilizer, you know what to do. We shall be covering this in more depth later in the year. Obviously, our Future of Food conferences are very much focused on innovation, and we look forward to trying to help get the message out there about workable solutions as they take hold in the supply chain. So this is going to be a fascinating next six months or a year or so to see which solutions we can aid in their deployment. So thank you both for your time today. Listeners, thanks for yours and do check back for more podcasts soon. Thank you, everyone.